I'm Karen. I'm Javier. And, and we, we are, are the, the Gov Geeks. Geeks. Welcome to our podcast, Gov Geeks Assemble, Level Up Your 9 to 5 on 95. Here we provide helpful strategies and geeky ways to help you get in and ahead in government. Our mission is to serve the people side of government in a fun way. We upload videos at least once a month, so please subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. Today we'll be talking about leadership lessons from Dungeons and Dragons. In this video, we interview Dungeon Master and D&D aficionado, public servant Eric Peterson. Eric Peterson. Dungeons and Dragons is a classic fantasy role-playing game that's been around for about 50 years. Right, so about half a century. Half a century. So Eric will share some solid lessons you can apply to your career to score a critical hit. So let's roll for initiative. Roll for initiative. Hello, welcome to the Gov Geeks. Hi, welcome. Thanks very much for joining us today. So this is our podcast, Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. This podcast is designed for folks who are interested in learning a little bit more about professional development in the public service and also interested in a little bit of fun stuff as well. And we are super excited to have Eric Peterson join us today to talk about Dungeons and Dragons as well as public service and career development. So I am always, I am Javier Lopez. And I'm Karen Lopez. Excellent. So let's go ahead and get started. So Eric, welcome. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So full disclosure, Eric is our dungeon master. We learned everything about Dungeons and Dragons from this man right here. Fantastic, phenomenal. We actually also used to work together too. Yes, we did. Yeah. Homeland Security. It was a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. um, in the CFO shop. That's right. All about spending those dollars and having great conversations, too. <laughs> Very applicable to Dungeons and Dragons, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Oh, is this something to do with sex? <laughs> Far from it, Jen. <laughs> no. You see, in role-playing, one person is a dungeon master or game master or keeper. He or she controls the world and tells the players what they're experiencing, whether it be battling with a coal monster or just kicking back in a smelly old tavern with some roguish elves. <laughs> So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, career, uh, the career development that Eric has had, as well as Dungeons and Dragons, and perhaps how you can use D&D as a methodology to grow your career as well. Alright, like I like to say, roll for initiative in your own career. That's right. All ability checks are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off, Eric, tell us a little bit about how you found Dungeons and Dragons. Well, uh, it was very helpful. My parents were nerds, essentially. So they started um, back in the 70s on Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is the, essentially the second edition. And I grew up with all the books in the house and miniatures. Uh, used to have the little pewter ones. And so I would play with those and just have them, you know, bounce around and I'd look at the books. Uh, didn't really understand what I was doing. I, my dad tried to show me, but I was a bit too little to really grasp it. And then in, uh, oh, where was I? I was in Japan in junior high school, and one of the guys at Boy Scouts offered to have me come over and play a game. Uh, it was my first time playing. It was the uh, edition 3.5. 
And if I'm not mistaken, I played a Ranger Beastmaster. Nice. And had very a, applicable. Had a tiger uh, that I would ride around on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we only played two or three sessions. Um, it was a military base, so people were constantly moving in and out. So we didn't get too many sessions in, but I I got a taste for it. And then when essentially now we're in the what's been called the D and D Renaissance uh, with the fifth edition, and it's become very popular with you know on Twitch, um, on YouTube, all the streaming services. Uh, you watch people play, and I ran across that on YouTube uh, with Critical Role and WebDM uh, giving advice. Both really cool shows to watch. Very cool shows. Um, and really watching WebDM with um, Jonathan Pruitt and um, Jim Davis, they give advice specifically for Dungeon Masters. It's not a playthrough where they're playing the game it's an advice show where they talk about different scenarios. And really listening to them inspired me to, you know, I remember playing um, and play as a character, and they really inspired me to become a dungeon master. And I started playing again online as a player just to kind of get back into it. And about a year later, I had my first D&D group, who were a part of. And we ran um, the Sunless Citadel, right? And actually ran that entire campaign to completion, which which was awesome. It was awesome. It was and really cool. Usually, uh, a lot of times because of scheduling things like that, campaigns don't necessarily finish. Right. This one did on my first try, so I felt very proud about that. Uh, all my players were brand new, but they all did an amazing job. Huzzah! Uh, so yeah, it was, and that's inspired me. I bought all the books, uh, read up on all of them. I'm planning, I'm doing my own homebrew campaign and incorporating it with the scripted modules that they have to come up with the current campaign that we're in. Right. Which I, I know we're showing some pictures of all of that uh, from one of our more recent ones as well. Uh, but what I really love about this is how creative you are. It's not just something that you're you're handed and you have to play a certain type of role or a character or create a certain dynamic. All of your flexibility and your creativity creates a new world for people. And that's one of the keys is uh, flexibility because you you plan it out. So as a dungeon master, you do have to do some planning. Um, very degrees based on you know who you ask. Uh, you can map out an entire campaign, but as soon as your players come in, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And that's where you have to be flexible. And you have to be able to pick up with what your players come up with and run with it. Um, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Right. Flexibility, 100% key. Uh, being able to think on your feet is very important when they come up with, and they will, some very outlandish situations. Uh, you have to either, you know, as the dungeon master, you're in in charge of the world, so you're either, you know, yes, this is happening, or no, it's not. Uh, I found that saying yes is much more important for everybody having fun than saying no, you can't do that. I mean, of course, there are you know, limitations. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly. Well, you, not yet. 
<laughs> right, you need a roll for that. <laughs> well, there's there's spells for that. You just haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with a little bit of practice and hopefully some perseverance. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your career and maybe how Dungeons and Dragons and what you've learned from that has played a part in your success there? Absolutely. Um, so I started. Um, about a year out of college, I applied for a job at Booz Allen Hamilton and was picked up as an executive assistant to come and actually work at DHS. Uh, I came on board and I was doing the executive assistant stuff, so very entry-level position. And one day, um, uh, this person left our team and the work they were doing was interagency agreements, so intergovernmental contracts. Uh, nobody else felt like doing them. So as I was mainly scheduling lunches and things like that, they said, well, let's have this new guy do them. So I started working on interagency agreements and quickly became the uh, subject matter expert on them and began developing tools to help me tracked just the, the large number that we had to deal with. And as that developed, uh, we really were able to forge an entire new team out of that and turn the interagency process for one section of uh, science and technology at DHS into an actual interagency agreement team. And after that has been established as a pilot program, I switched over to a federal position and basically became the team lead for that and ran that for the next several years. Now that's kind of where the D&D you know, folds in when you're planning stuff out. You know, if you're planning for the fiscal year, no matter how well you plan, stuff's going to go wrong. You have to be able to think on your feet. You have to be able to be flexible. Uh, in government contracting, flexibility is key because you have several components that you're not in control of. Uh, you have the vendor you're sending it to, you have the legal department, you have supervisors, you have contracting officers. Everybody's got a different opinion on how the work should be done and it's your job as a contract specialist to make it all happen. Right. So. When you have varying opinions, just like in D&D, all your players come up with various things, you have to figure out a way to incorporate it in, make it work. Uh, somebody comes up with a bad idea, you're going to have to you know, tell them no. <laughs> you can't do that. But It's like, I think I'm going to fly. Yeah. And you say, well, no. You but can't quite do that. It's kind of breaking the rules. <laughs> that's kind of illegal. Right. Kind you want to go against the FAR. Yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> We don't want to end up in jail, <laughs> so we're not going to be doing that. But instead of just saying no, uh, just like in Dungeons and Dragons, instead of saying no, maybe come up with something that something else that you well, you can't do that. You can't fly yet, but you can run up this wall. I just need you to roll an athletics check, right? Whereas in contracting, you, know, you can't do this because doing that would be illegal, instead of just saying no, saying, but I've come up with two other solutions on how you can achieve the same goal, but through 
legal ways to do it. And, and they probably wouldn't know about those things, but because of your studying or expertise, mm -hmm. you're able to help them along, just like a dungeon master would be able to help move the adventurer along. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's just, and a lot of Dungeons and Dragons is just reading the books. Um, in order to be an effective dungeon master, you need to have read. You, you can't just, I mean, you can just try and wing it, but eventually that'll catch up to you. Right. You really need to study and figure out what you're doing. And I was able to do that. I actually got a degree from George Washington uh, in government contracts. Oh, I thought you were going to say in Dungeon Masters. That's right. I was going to say, I know they had a degree in Maybe for my doctorate. <laughs> That's too cool. And uh, so, you know, bringing that, you know, basically having knowledge of what you're doing, uh, whether it's in contracting or in D&D, allows you to think a lot faster. You can think on your feet. Um, we played last night, mm -hmm. and there were some scenarios where people asked questions, and I initially went to grab a book to look it up. And I was like, wait, I know this. And then I was able to give the answer. I was like, no, you, you can't do that. Right. Because here's why. Here's what you can do instead. And uh, it made for a really fun game play. And so just for everyone's awareness, this is Karen's little familiar. This is her, <laughs> her chihuahua. This yeah. is Clara. Joining I'm trying in the to conversation. Steal the show a little bit here, I think she is. Yeah. It's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, so yeah, Karen's character has a little familiar that uh, she takes along with her into battle and everything else. So, uh, like in life, Clara is never too far behind. But <laughs> 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 so I, I really hear like a lot of the passion that you have for Dungeons and Dragons, but also the passion that you have for acquisitions and public service. Mm -hmm. And there was really just tons of overlap between the two. There are. Um, it's really, I mean, you have to like what you do, otherwise it's its no fun. Right. Um, the same can be said of Dungeons & Dragons. If you're not enjoying your campaign, you need to stop and do something else. Whether it's playing a different system, coming up with a new campaign, re-rolling new characters. You really need to change it to make sure that everybody's happy. If somebody's not having, the whole name of the game is having fun. And if you're not having fun in Dungeons and Dragons, it's you know you, you need to adjust it so you have fun. Right. You do the same thing at work too. Um, I was actually won an award, uh, Joy in the Office, uh, part of the ST Parade Team. Huzzah! Huzzah! Yes. Yeah, huzzah! <laughs> and we would go around and for Mardi Gras, for Halloween, for Christmas. And somebody would sit on a cart in a chair. We decorate it. Everyone would get dressed up, and we travel the floors, uh, handing out candy and or beads, and just having a good time. Right. Music playing, um, and we did that for thirteen years. I, I remember being a part of that. That mm -hmm. was some awesome experiences because I know you remember like the day in day out stuff in general, but the specific actions of everything that you're doing day to day, not so much. But you really remember those activities, mm -hmm. you know? and and that's what makes going to work enjoyable. Buddy Deal, what's your favorite color? You are out there having fun. You're making the workplace your own. And 
really enjoying it. And the keys are to have leadership that's understanding and willing to be a little hands-off when it comes to what the employees are doing. You know, if they're gonna come up with their they're gonna come up with their own fun to improve and let them. It improves morale in the office. Just like in a DD game. If your players are coming up with something fun or a wacky heist or something, let them do it. You know, just stay back, make sure they don't break any laws, but other than that, hands off. And that's the best way to handle it because that improves morale both in the office and in the dungeon when everybody is out there planning and playing to their own strengths, having a good time, and really, you know, just letting it all happen naturally is a really effective way of getting getting morale up, making sure everybody's having fun, and being passionate about what you're doing. And ultimately actually finishing the campaign and getting to do the mission that you were set for. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you'd be surprised too. Um, people come up with really creative solutions to problems, uh, stuff you wouldn't have thought of. And as long as you, know, you allow them to, and that's one of the keys to being a good dungeon master is letting your players breathe, basically. So if you guys come up with a wacky, I give you a problem, and I'm, okay, well, they're going to go do this, and, you know, this is how it'll happen, here's how they'll fix it, and the day will be saved. And you guys approach that problem completely differently from what I expect. It doesn't mean your plan's not going to work, and, you know, should I shut that down? because that's not the way I envisioned it in my head. I did, that's not fun for anybody, because then I'm shutting down you guys' creativity and not letting you, you know, not letting you guys work together as a group to come up with a solution that's thinking outside the box. And that's very applicable for just being a manager, right? Because there's already been studies where giving your you know, team that flexibility, that room to kind of come up with ideas that maybe you know, aren't necessarily given to them um, and follow a strict procedure, giving them that flexibility often leads to awesome results, so. You never know what people are going to come up with and how effective their alternate solutions can be. Yeah, and, and how many other ripple effects, all of the positive benefits that you're going to get from it. Mm -hmm. Which I know the, the world of D&D is all about that. Yeah, it's 100% about creativity. Um, I mean, it wouldn't exist if people were, if you went by the rules, it would be a, just a mechanical number cruncher. The real flavor of Dungeons & Dragons comes from the role-playing, which is what people are making up on the spot. And that's really why it's such an enduring game and people love it so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also why it's so wildly popular right now. I mean, it's all over the, uh, the media, television, etc. Uh, we were watching uh, Community again mm -hmm. just the other day. A couple of those D and D episodes, which mm -hmm. were hilarious. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to Jenga? No, no. This is a role-playing game. It takes place entirely in our collective imagination. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Neil. I tell the story, and you make choices in the story. Okay, let's begin. Uh, but really, again, it's embedded in people's psyche. Right. Right. Well, I think it's it's kind of underneath all of our day to days. Right. It's just giving it a little extra flair because. In a D&D campaign, you're trying to find a team, right? Your party that you're putting together. 
and you're making sure that you, you hone in on their key abilities and what they can do and how by pulling all those different abilities together, creating a successful party. So kind of like in you know Stranger Things, which is the most recent one that kind of has made this go a little bit more popular. Um, but in there, you can see how, how they strategize for using everybody's skills and abilities. She's right, but you're all gonna die, but you don't have to. Excuse me, sorry, may I? Please. Okay, see this room here? This is a storage facility. There's a hatch in here that feeds into their underground ventilation system. That will lead you to the base of the weapon. It's a bit of a maze down there, but between me and Erica, we can show you the way. You can show us the way. Don't worry, you can do all the fighting and the dangerous hero shit, and we'll just be your navigators. No. I also like how, as the more you play the game, the more experience you get, the stronger you get. So I think that that's definitely something that is just like your career. Exactly. So we've talked a lot about professional development and all the benefits that come from Dungeons and Dragons. So for people who are interested in managing their careers, trying to perhaps even get ahead or get along with some of the other people that they have in their office, what lessons learned from D&D could you suggest that they follow? Well, I mean, be positive is a really great one because, you know, if you come into a D&D game, like you haven't gotten enough sleep or you're hangry and you haven't had any pizza yet, uh, you know, it's not going to start off great. You're going to get frustrated really easily. So coming in, you know, rested, ready to go is a really good way to um, to kick off something. So if you're out there trying to get into, you know, the career field of your choosing, um, you know, just come in with a positive attitude and that'll take you a lot further because I know people who are, Hiring or looking for people that are positive, uh, that goes a long way in interviews. It helps when you're new on a team in order for everyone to kind of, you know, as you're getting acclimated to working with that team, coming in with a positive attitude really helps a lot. Because I've worked with, uh, we had a bit of a high turnover at ST, and I had probably 25 people cycle through the interagency team. Wow. The ones that stuck around longest were always the ones who were positive. Uh, they had a, the work was the same, whether you were having a good time or you weren't, but the experience was a lot more fun for the people who came with positive attitude. Well, I, I remember from having the chance to actually work with you, because I'm one of the lucky ones that has a chance to play D&D, but also mm -hmm. had the experience of working with you. And I always remember going to your office to talk about work stuff, uh, and we get things done, but we'd also have great conversations about other things, and it just made work a lot more fun, which was fantastic. We got the work done, but still, I mean, we, we had a good time at the same time. Yeah, I mean, and there's no reason that um, anyone can't do that. I always told everyone I was the laziest person in the building because I was so lazy I got all my work done so I could sit around. <laughs> and utilizing that time to basically know what you need to do, don't overextend yourself. Because I see that a lot is people are trying to do too much too quickly and 
they get burned out really fast. If you can work through those problems by having a good time, um, it makes it so much better. Because other than being frustrated, you know, I remember one in particular, um, I had to do a presentation, and so I turned all the pie charts into uh, like a Captain America shield, an Avengers logo, uh, all these different uh, references, but it made the charts more interesting. The Avengers one, you know, the green section had a picture of the Hulk, uh, Captain America, Iron Man, and those represented different Department of Energy laboratories that I was sending money to. So there's no, and people appreciated that. My boss questioned it. He was like, I, is, is this a good idea? And I was like, you know, there are going to be some people who don't think so, but it's more fun and everybody's stressed out. So we need to relax a little, so let's do this. And she allowed me to do it and everybody thought it was great. Fortunately, enough of the Marvel movies had come out there at that point that all the people in the building actually knew who those people were. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, that's just one of those great ways where creativity and relaxing a little bit leads to a, a lot of fun. Right. And, very and the empowerment from your supervisor to let you do that rather than, nope, we're not going to do that. We got to be professional about this and keep it to the, the standard way we typically do this. I can't think of anything more boring than doing something the standard way. Right. And in Dungeons and Dragons, there is no standard way because we're making it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are, these are guidebooks. They kind of give us an outline of how to do everything. We can use it. We don't have to, uh, which is really nice. There are rules. As the dungeon master, you can suspend the rules. You can say, I don't like that rule. We're going to change that. Now, that doesn't necessarily work in the federal government. Uh, I'm, like, I don't, I'm not a fan yeah, of this rule. This I'm going to change it. Well, if you're on the far council, if you're on the far council, maybe you can do that. For the rest of us, we do have to work within the rules. However, that doesn't mean that there's not enough flexibility for you to make things work. So I'm, I'm curious though, uh, you're a subject matter expert in your area. You're uh, sought after as a federal employee. You've been uh, a consultant working with one of the most prestigious consulting firms uh, in government contracting, uh, well known in, in Washington, D.C. and other areas as well. For a person who's interested in getting into government, is there any uh, advice that you could give them? Um, really, the the best advice that I could come up with is definitely meet people. Um, contacts are very important, uh, and you know it's not just you know meeting someone once and not talking to them again. It's meeting someone and continuing that relationship further down the line. Like, we worked together, I mean, when did you leave S&T? Uh, it's been eight, maybe nine years. Eight or nine years, and we're still hanging out. Yeah. Um, and we do like fantasy football together. Fantasy football, Dungeons and Dragons, um, parties. Right. And so, you know, maintaining relationships with people you work with. Right, right which so I think we've touched on that before in some of our other um, 
videos and podcasts where you never know when your paths are going to cross again. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you keep those connections and don't burn bridges, yeah. I think is what we say. Absolutely. The separation of the government allows you to at least get your foot in the door from not knowing anyone, not doing anything, just based on your qualifications and tailoring your resume to the job you want um, is very important. So when you get on USA Jobs, look at what they're posting. Make sure you pull keywords from that to put it in your resume because a lot of times that's what they're looking for just off the, the first run through is they're looking for these keywords. If you don't have acquisition and contracts in your contract specialist application or in your resume, why would they even bother? Even those they... are not the droids they're looking for. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so really tailoring your resume based on the job description, not just I have one resume that I send to everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, that may work um, early in your career when you're going up trying to actually get higher positions, uh, not just entry-level stuff. So it, the maintaining of um, you know, friendships and networks is not only beneficial to knowing when something's available to get a job at, but also knowing what the situation you're getting dumped into is. A lot of people don't think about that. Mm -hmm. They just they look at the salary and they look at what look the job the description day, is. Yeah. Like, oh, I want I want to be a I want to be a thirteen. I want that job. You know, contract specialist thirteen. Okay, well, I'm going for it. I I want to know more than that. Right. You know, is this is this a fun place to work? Um, I went from one fun place to another fun place because I checked in and I was like, so you know, what was the last holiday party like? Well, that's a great question. It's a great question. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we did this, and we had a limbo contest, and we had pizza. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And so I go over there, and we had a going away party for uh, one of the supervisors. I had a chili cook-off. Um, I came in second place <laughs> out of two people. <laughs> but it was still delicious. We had hot dogs. There was chili dogs. I mean, we had national stuff everywhere. So it was really fun. So having the chance to, again, to see you in all these different worlds and experiences, I'm really appreciative of having the chance to work with you. And by extension, you know, our families have gotten to know each other uh, as well and everything, which is, which is really great. Um, are there any closing thoughts? Or is there anything else you want to share with the, uh, the GovGeeks community? Um, let's see. That's what he does when he's thinking of something diabolical. Mm. <laughs> uh, the best things are just maintain a positive attitude. Um, keep your network up to date. Just make sure you're, you stay in contact, particularly with the people that you like. Because if you like them and they're working somewhere, you may want to work there too. Um, play Dungeons and Dragons. It's an amazing game. Uh, we need more DMs out there, but if you just want to be a player, I'm super happy to have you. I will teach anyone how to play. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so much, and it's been so fun, too. Yep. Um, I think that's it. You know, be flexible, have a good time, and uh, enjoy what you do. That's awesome. Well, Eric, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Everyone, if you like this, then thank you very much for watching. If you're listening to this on uh, iTunes or Apple Music, 
uh, please go ahead and like it. Uh, leave a comment below, share. If it's on YouTube, uh, please make sure you subscribe. You hit the little bell to make sure that uh, you get notified when we have new videos. We come up with stuff every few weeks, at least once a month, but we're really excited to have you here. Also, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're also on Facebook and, of course, LinkedIn. If you're interested in coaching services or anything else like that, we're happy to speak with you as well. Uh, and until uh, next time, thanks very much, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, geek on. Geek on. <laughs>